Steve. Christos Aneste, Alathos Aneste. He is risen, he is risen indeed. And this is a unique Easter Sunday as we gather large to connect small. And I know uh, for many of us, this is a time of connecting with family and connecting with church. And so if you're connecting with us for the first time, we would love to be able to get to know you and be able to pray for you and connect you into our community. So if you go to our website, gaten.church slash connect, uh, just put some information on there. We'll follow up and make sure uh, that we get your prayer requests and we give you a place to connect here in our church. Well, I don't know about you, but for me, this is a unique Easter by far, uh, unlike any other in my life. And uh, this time has been very unique. This is a, a very um, different period in the history of our country and the history of the world. And that brings about big questions. And I don't know about you, but for me, and, and as people that I'm talking to, those questions are the questions about the future. What does the future hold? What does the future hold for our families? What does the future hold for our communities? Uh, will there be a normal again? And what will that normal look like? Um, the future. Can we look to the future and hope for a happy, healthy future? Is that something that is available for us? And, and these are big questions and they can bring um, some anxiety and stress. And so this morning, um, I want to ask a very big question, and I want you to join me in this question and, and really allow God to speak to us and for us to think about this and to focus our hearts and our minds um, during this time on, on this. What does the future hold? What does the future hold? And so as every week um, here at Gaten, we want to precede God's word with prayer and uh, because we have this unique opportunity to join online, I'm gonna ask you, we're gonna show some pictures now. And what I'd like you to do is, is to really focus your heart, focus your thoughts. Um, I would invite you in to really, really, really place your, 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 your soul open to the Lord. Right now, I have a lot of distractions, I'm outside. There's a lot of amazing things going on around me. But I want to focus my heart. I want to focus my mind. And so I would invite you right where you are, as you see these pictures, to bring your focus onto God. And as you see these pictures, what, what does it lead you to? Where does your mind go? And how do they speak to you? So for just a moment before we pray, let's focus ourselves. Father God, we are so thankful for today. Uh, we are thankful we get to celebrate your resurrection. Thankful that, um, that you were willing to love us enough to die for us and to give us life. Lord, I ask that your will would be done. I ask that you would speak to us directly, that we would hear from you. Uh, Lord, I pray that as we talk about what it means to believe in, in you as our Savior and to follow you as our Lord, Lord, that that would, that would make sense to us. We would see the benefit of it, of it and we would understand how real it, it is and how we can commit our lives to it. And so, Lord, as we come to you now, we want to celebrate. We want to be excited. We want to be hopeful for the future. Uh, but we also understand that you paid for this. You paid for us. And so now, reveal to us through, through your uh, disciples, those that you spoke through, reveal to us truth. Help us, Lord, to be transformed by the renewing of our minds right now as we look to your words. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, we're going to be looking at a different 
passages. Uh, we're going to be looking at John mostly at the most famous verse that you probably have heard of. Uh, but we're also going to hear from uh, two other uh, disciples, two others followers of Jesus. Uh, we're going to look at Peter, who was one of Jesus' closest disciples, his closest friends. Um, and Peter had a passion for Christ and he had a passion uh, in his life to share this message, this good news that we're going to look at. We're also going to look at uh, an enemy of Jesus, someone that was fighting against this message, trying to get rid of this message that we're going to look at. And that was Paul. And as you read your Bible, the New Testament, the, the back end of the Bible, most of it was written by Paul. Um, Paul had an experience where he met Jesus. And in that, everything transformed in his life. And it was his goal for the rest of his life to share that good news with us and with the people that lived during his time. But we're going to first look here at John. We're told that John was the disciple that Jesus loved. It was his closest friend. It was, his, his, it was the one that, that was there with him through most of his ministry. And John has a, has a passion to communicate to us exactly what he learned so that we can know it and we can have faith in it. And so uh, we're going to look at John uh, chapter 3, John 3, 16. And I'm sure you've heard that before. If you've ever been to a football game, you may have seen a sign that said John 3, 16. Um, I know there's a country song that's called John 3, 16. If you're a wrestling fan, maybe you know Austin 3, 16. Our culture and our world has recognized this is a very significant Bible verse. And so John had written this down for us to understand some truths about who we are and what our hope can be for the future. And so John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And so maybe you've heard that verse before, and, and maybe that's not new to you, um, but there's a lot in that verse. And what I want to do this morning is, as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, as we come together now, is to really break down that verse and see what does it have to say to me, and how can it help me as I look to the future in this really strange time that we live. And so the first thing I see is the problem that John brings to light. He, he brings to light that there is a possibility of perishing, that God loves the world. He gave his son so that we would not have to perish. And, and the question then becomes, what does he mean by perish? Why would we perish and what would we perish from? Well, we see from, from Paul later that this issue of perishing comes from sin. In Romans 6, 23, uh, Paul writes, the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. And right now we're seeing that clearly. We, we live in a broken world. Things are not right. And then even within us, we recognize that there's something wrong. I don't even keep my own rules. You know, we're, we're trying to go to bed on time. We're trying to eat right. We're trying to do the right things. And yet I can't even stay aligned with my own rules. Well, Paul writes that the wages of sin is death. And that sin brings death. And, and, and the, the way I understand sin is that um, the Bible teaches that sin is, is doing what you were not created to do. You have the capacity and the ability to do, but you weren't created to do. I was not created to lie. I was not created to steal. I was not created to cheat. I was not created to abuse another human being. I was not created um, to take advantage of people. And yet I have the capacity and ability to do that. And, and the Bible calls that sin. And Paul says that when I do this thing called sin, it brings death. And it brings death to a lot of different areas in our lives. I think first it brings death to opportunities. Think in your life of things that have um, 
not been available to you because you made a poor choice or because you allowed a sin into your life. Uh, opportunities have been stolen or opportunities no longer exist. They, they have died because of sin. But even more importantly than that, I believe sin kills relationships. First, I believe sin kills relationships with other people. Think about all the relationships in your life. I used to say to students that um, another word for sin could be drama. Think about all the drama that is in life. And that, that sin, it, it distorts life, it distorts our relationships, and it breaks up our relationships. And um, uh, nothing can uh, hurt a relationship more, bring death to a relationship more than lying or cheating or, or anger. And so this is what sin does. It brings death. It doesn't just bring death to our, our relationships uh, of the people in our lives. It brings death to the relationship we have with ourselves. Um, sin will be that voice inside of us that tells us we're horrible or worthless or have no value. Sin is that voice within us that makes us think we're better than another group of people, that we're superior. Sin lies to us within us. And so it brings death to our own relationship with, uh, with, uh, with ourselves. But I think even a greater problem than that, and what Paul writes to us and, and really reveals to us the wages of sin is death, is that it brings death to our relationship with God. God, we're told, is holy and perfect, and we are separated because of our sin. It's interesting we live in a time that we are quarantined. We are, we are setting ourselves apart in our houses so that we will not be able to be infected or we're lessening the chance of us being affected by a virus. Well, in many ways, God has quarantined sin out of heaven. He's quarantined sin away from himself, and therefore he cannot have sin in his presence. He cannot have sin in his home. And so this brings up a major problem, for God loves us, and he doesn't want us to perish. Perish meaning death to that relationship forever. And so in that problem, that problem that we all face, Paul goes on to write that in uh, Romans 6.23, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, meaning we're all infected with this virus, we're all infected with this disease, that we're all going to perish if there's not a cure found. And so there is a solution. And in John 3.16, we see where that solution comes. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, his son Jesus, to the world. Um, we're told also in Romans 5.8 that, that God demonstrated his love towards us. That while we're yet sinners, while we're yet infected with this virus, while we are yet um, under this curse, Christ died for us. Christ died on this cross. We have a cross here that represents the place of sacrifice, that his shed blood, his, his death on that cross brought the cure to sin. And in many ways, we all need a spiritual blood transplant. We need a transfusion spiritually of Christ's blood into us. The solution that God has for the virus of sin is Christ's blood. And what it does is it takes our sin-filled blood and it places it upon him on the cross. And it takes his pure and holy blood and it places it in us so that we are cleansed from this disease of sin. And so in, in John's writing, when he says, for God so loves the world that he gave his one and only son, he's saying he gave Christ to us to die, to cure us of this disease of sin, to give us an opportunity to have relationship again, that the death that was there now can be brought to life. And so in that, how then do I receive this? How do I um, believe in this? How do I follow this? 
Well, we're told also that Paul wrote to the Romans, to the Roman church, and, and he was explaining to them, how do you follow this? How do you believe this? How do you make this part of your life? And he says this, he says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so Paul is saying, if you confess with your mouth, if you declare it with your mouth that I believe I need a cure, I have sin, it has destroyed opportunities. It has brought death to relationships. It has brought death to my relationship to God. And I believe that by Christ dying on the cross and being raised again to live, that he has given me the cure to sin. And I want him to come in and, and to, to be that cure for me and to lead me throughout my life. And then finally, at the end of John 3:16, we're told that, that anyone who believes in Christ will have eternal life. And that question of eternal life, what does that mean? What does it mean to have eternal life? And so Peter, one of Jesus' closest friends, he writes a book so that we can have great, a better understanding of what this means. And here's what he writes in 1 Peter 1, 3 through 4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. It can never perish. What an amazing thing. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. And so as I look at this and I, and I read what Paul wrote and I read what Peter wrote and, and I read what John wrote, I understand now. God loves me. He loves me um, because he created me and he desires to be in relationship with me, but sin has separated me from him. I have the disease of sin. But God loved me enough to come to earth as a man named Christ, and he brought the cure. He brought the cure for you. He brought the cure for me. And on the cross, he paid for that cure. But there's an interesting thing here that Peter writes, that this is an inheritance. This is something of being part of God's family. And so Jesus died so that we can have life in his cure, but he came back from the dead so that he could adopt us. Jesus came back from the dead so that he could adopt us into God's family. You see, right now you were created to be part of God's family and sin is keeping you from that. This disease that we all have is keeping you from that family. God desires so desperately for you to come and be with him to a place where there are no viruses, where there is no more pain, there is no more suffering, there is no more anxiety. He desires for you to be in his family forever. That was his intent from the very beginning. And so today, this is the promise he makes to us. This is the promise he has established 2,000 years ago. This is the promise that has built this uh, church and all churches as we have looked at this promise to the solution to the greatest problem of our lives, the problem of death. What does the future hold? We started with that question. What does the future hold? You see, today I only really have two options. I can put my faith on the things of this world, the economy, my job, the government, myself. And as I think of those things and what I'm realizing definitely through this time is how weak and fragile and frail those things are and how putting my faith and hope in those things seems to be waste, a waste 
seems to be pointless and fruitless. And yet now I look and I see that, that Christ has offered something far better than even a cure for any disease. He has offered the cure that leads us to be part of his family. And so today, right now, maybe it's your moment. Maybe this is the time as you think about the future, what does the future hold? God has spoke to your heart and he's calling you to be part of his family. He wants to adopt you. He wants to cure you. Would you receive that cure today? Would you accept his invitation to be part of his family? I know that for me, when I was 16 years old, I was very prideful and very resistant of this message. I was very um, self-centered and focused on doing my own thing. But I can remember that moment when God spoke to my heart and he said, today I offer you the cure. I offer you to be part of my family. And I can remember that moment when, when he came into my life and he changed me. I can remember just like Steve and Wendy when I was baptized and when I began this walk with the Lord and recognizing now that every day of my life, I'm part of his family. And I know that to be absent from this body, when I die, that I will be present with the Lord. And I also know that I can put everything in his hands and he is capable, that he can protect my family, that he can, he can oversee all things, my job, my future, that he can take that from me and I don't have to hold on to it. And that is what he's offering you right now. If you're at a place and a time and you're saying, you know what, I sense God speaking to me, I sense his presence, I recognize my need for this cure, I recognize that I wanna be part of his family and I wanna live for him and with him, forever, then I would encourage you right now, you can speak to him. He, you don't have to close your eyes. You don't, there's no special words. It's just something that comes from your heart. And it says, I believe this and I wanna receive this and I wanna live with you and for you the rest of my life. If you make that decision today or, or if God's beginning to stir something, some questions and, and maybe you wanna learn more about this, please reach out to us please contact us. Please go to our website and let us know that this is what God's doing in your life. We want to be part of that journey with you. We want to encourage you through this. And maybe even right now, you know that you've received this gift. You know you have the cure. You know that you're set and you're part of God's family. But you know, every day, especially today on a day where we, we celebrate the resurrection of Christ, it's a great opportunity to just to recommit and say, you know what? I wanna spend all of my energy on the family of God and, and inviting people into that. I wanna spend all of my finances, all the things that God has given me, whether it's my talents, whether it's my time, whether it's my abilities, whatever it is, I wanna recommit them to God and, and ask Him to use them. So if you're, if you're watching right now and, and, and you sense God speaking to your heart and you recognize that God loves us so much that He gave us His one and only Son and as we believe in Him, we'll never perish, but we're gonna have everlasting life that you recognize today is the day to live for the Lord. Today is the day to, to give Him all you got and to live for Him with everything you got. And so as we celebrate the resurrection of Christ, I encourage you, do not do this alone. And so for the next step, we, what we here at Gate and we talk about a next step. What is the next step? Well, maybe the next step for you is just to tune in next, next week, to, to come on back. Uh, we're going to start a new series called Quarantine Christianity, how to be healthy during this time of quarantine. 
Maybe it's just to have a listening ear right now and and see what God's saying to you. Or maybe it's to get more involved. We have a new online community that we're starting, a new online church where where people are gathering from their phones and their computers. And we wanna allow you to be part of that. So if you're interested in that, please reach out to us and let us know. And as we move forward through our glance and our, 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 all of our social media, we're gonna be allowing and, and communicating what's going on, how you can get involved, where these places of contact are, and take advantage of those. We only have a limited time left. We don't know what the future holds in this physical life. We do know what holds in the eternity. And so let's take advantage of the time we have now and trust God with these moments. And I will continue to pray for you. And I ask that you would pray for us as we navigate the future following the Spirit of God and worshiping God and glorifying Him with our lives. God bless. Happy Easter. Christos in este, alathos in este.